Welcome to Family Twist, a podcast about relatively unusual stories of long-lost families, adoption, and lots of drama. I'm Corey. And I'm Kendall, and we've been partners for over 16 years. So we're going to start off with a little recap for this episode. So if you go back to the first two episodes we did, that was when Kendall found out that he does actually have a birth family out there. In the second episode, we talked to his brother, Chris, on his birth father's side, and they kind of shared the story of how they found each other. Well, Chris has a full sister, Monica, and Monica is joining us today. Thanks for being with us, Monica. Thanks for having me. So I'll let you two talk about a little bit just like what the what that experience was like. One, Monica finding out, you know, that Kendall was out there. And two, like how you guys first connected on the phone. And we'll talk about the, the trip out and the visit and stuff. So I'll let you guys just jump in there. Well, I'll never forget when Chris and I were on the our very first telephone call. And in the first minute that he and I were on the phone, he's like, OK, so you don't really know anything about your past and, and our family. And so you know, we have a sister and she's obviously your half sister, Kendall, but she's my full sister. And she has a a son too named Gage. And, you know, it was just, it was the most mind blowing moment for me and always wanting siblings. And of course, at that point, we didn't know anything about my mother's side of the family and that I might have other siblings. So, but Even if I'd never found (laughs) my other two sisters and my other brother, I was just so ecstatic. I'm like, oh, my God, I have, you know, I'm talking to one brother. I've got another brother and I've got a sister. And I was just like, tell me all about him, you know, and she he's telling me about you and Gage. And it was amazing. So it took you and me a couple of days, though, to connect us. Yes. Yeah, I think it was a couple of days. I, I remember getting the text from Chris like, you're not going to believe this. Chris and I were so far apart in age that we didn't communicate back and forth about it. And when I found out about it, I was too little to really understand what was going on, you know, until later in life, we would talk about it again. But I just never thought we'd find you because there was no ancestry, you know, DNA stuff back then. And and finding somebody long lost was like impossible when we were kids. So I just kind of put it in the back of my head like we're never going to meet him. It's not that I didn't want to meet you. I just didn't put a lot of hope into it because I thought it would be, you know, broken, you know, hope broken and and it wasn't going to happen so I didn't want to get my hopes up but yeah it was a couple days though mm-hmm. I'm not sure why I know, I know I remember um Chris being pretty guarded for you because he was like I was like give me your number and she was like I will I will calm down but <laughs> but let you know let me let's ease into this a little bit you know in other words he didn't want you to be like freaked out like yeah who's this man calling me because kind of would have called you immediately. <laughs> I'm actually shocked that he was like that because he's the person that you would think would be more guarded about. I'm the most easy outgoing. I will take anything on. I don't judge people till you give me a reason. And, you know, I love a new adventure. Mm-hmm. I think Chris was just a little anxious. Like, you know, he doesn't know me at that point very well either. I've often told him that I appreciated how much he did even for himself, really, he was guarded, you know, even online, even when when I think about his ancestry profile, because when I made the match and it said Christopher Clark, I when I clicked on his name, he had chosen to 
you know, I didn't know that he lived in Massachusetts. I didn't know his age. I didn't, you know, I knew nothing. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, yeah. and I get it. I mean, you don't know who's who's going to find you. Right. You know, I could have been uh, a serial killer. And he's, you know, worried yeah. that, you know, now that's my brother. And now he knows where I am. Yeah. If you were, that would be a much better podcast. Oh, okay. And you're, yeah, you didn't turn into a serial killer after all. So. Yeah, but it was, you know, I get it. And, and I've told him, I'm like, you know, if I... I might have felt the same way, you know, if, if I was the first person to, to right. put that profile out there, you know, not knowing who you're And there's a find. lot of people out there, you never know what you're getting into. So it makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, but when, when he did give me your phone number and I called you, it was just like this immediate connection. We just, you know. You were the brother I always wanted. <laughs> Good answer. Love you, Chris. Sorry. <laughs> no, I heard you. Well, and Corey and I have often talked about love the rest of you siblings, but that you and I we, are the closest. We in, share a lot of common beliefs yep. and interests, yep. and I feel the same connection. I instantly felt comfortable with yeah. you and just having a lot of the same beliefs and, mm -hmm. you know, same compassion and, and heart towards other human beings in the world and the things we mm -hmm. believe are right from wrong and, you know. Chris and I are definitely very opposite on a lot of that stuff. And so I loved having you to be close with. And yeah, I definitely feel the, that we connected immediately that way. For sure. Yeah. Yep. Because, um, you know, I remember at this point in the story, I, Corey and I are still in California and living the our best liberal life out there, you know. <laughs> and I was like, when I talked to Monica, I was like, I finally found my liberal sister, <laughs> I mean, like, it was just interesting and, and how I felt, you know, like, and that was important to me because, you know, I'm walking into this whole new life of, you know, having all these new family members and not knowing how people really feel about things. And I could tell that you and I just connected oh, yeah. so quickly. I believe in accepting anybody for who they are, unless they give you a reason not to trust them or do something personally to me. I will accept anybody until I have a reason not to. Yeah. And that's the way I believe all humans should be. So we're in California, which is obviously all the way across the country from <laughs> New England. But we wanted to meet this family like it's, you know, phone calls and texts are great. But it's like, when can we go? When can we go, go meet them? So we didn't take too long. I mean, because you guys connected in August, August and by like what, mid-October, we were we were visiting. It was fast. <laughs> it was fast. It was fast. And it was I, I this just kind of dawned on me, but it was like, you know, we haven't met these people before. And, you know, yes, you're related by birth, but we could be lunatics. But both mm -hmm. Chris and Monica invited us to stay in their homes mm -hmm. during this visit. Like, you know, we I think we stayed in, the, in a hotel the first night and the last night. But otherwise, we were staying mm -hmm. in their homes, which is like, that's huge. Mm -hmm. You know, I wouldn't have had it any other way. I knew as soon as I talked to you that I wasn't gonna I wasn't concerned about anything ever happening. I just knew there was something there that I didn't need to be concerned. Yeah. Because I'm definitely not good at trusting people. So. <laughs> I'm not either, honestly. I mean, even when I told Corey, like, oh, Chris and Monica have both said that we can stay, you know, how do you feel about it? And I think he, Corey, just kind of totally left that up to me, like, I can't have an opinion about this. I'm sure that know? was overwhelming. Like, oh, do I want to just go jump in their families and yeah. sleep in their house? And yeah. like, that must have been overwhelming. It was, it was, but I, I mean, I felt like it was. Well, A, I was so happy to have been asked, but B, I felt like it was a nice way to connect, you know, yeah. to, to physically see how we live. Yeah, exactly. It's just like you feel like you're part of a family when you wake up in someone's home. 
you know? Yeah. And uh, that meant a lot to me. I mean, you know, I don't, for, for people that have never had siblings, you just don't know how it feels. Yeah, I, I can't <laughs> it's imagine. It's just bizarre, you yeah. know? And, uh, you know, never really at that point, never spent a night like at dad's house or anything, but. Well, no one wants to spend a night at dad's house. <laughs> not, not, not that <laughs> not house. That house. <laughs> not that house. <laughs> no. He did yeah. offer though. He did offer. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. He also offers the people on the side of the road <laughs> and anybody who come drink and keep him company. <laughs> That's a good point. But he, he was very, it was really sweet. I remember we were visiting at his house that that visit and he said anytime you guys come you know you're welcome to stay here i've got this extra bedroom and meanwhile you know you were having to cut through the smoke with your hands yeah. to be able to see heavy, him heavy you know smoker. exactly it was like you don't we... even want to visit for five minutes exactly. let alone sleep in that <laughs> i know i was like i think i'll have a bronchial attack if i stay overnight <laughs> with you dad but he was very nice and it was sweet and he had the best intention you know yes. and was very delusional about how much smoke was in that place yes he, um, uh, <laughs> no it wasn't smoky at all as in his eyes not a, not a bit no no as he's you know as he's as smoking he's puffing, yeah two and one in each hand right you know? right like, <laughs> <laughs> that first visit was wonderful so we actually met monica and her son gage and kendall's uncle sean all the same time so chris hosted a get-together so we could all meet and, and my dad oh yes and your and your dad oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Your dad was that's there right <laughs> so and i was just looking at the photos from that day this week and it's just like wow you look at sean I mean, you, you look, at, look like Sean. Yeah. <laughs> but if you look at, at the four of you, Monica and Chris Kendall and your dad, like you see the resemblance mm -hmm. there. It's just like it's yeah. so interesting to see pictures of Kendall next to each of his siblings because you could just like get little pieces. And it's mm -hmm. like, I know you're only half siblings, but it's like. Mm -hmm. looking at the two of you now it's like you, the eyes the yes, nose i mean it's definitely. just it's just that was like surreal yeah uh, you know but uh that was that was a good time yeah wow. uncle sean's a character he is <laughs> most of us clarks are and it was just so it just so happened when we visited um that weekend in worcester there was a horror convention kendall and i are super passionate about horror movies but we had no idea that monica was also a huge halloween oh, yeah. slash horror person so <laughs> i was like hey that might be a fun thing for us to do with the family it was actually perfect that was a great it was a nice easy like something we can do all together and not feel uncomfortable yeah. you know if right. anyone was overwhelmed it was an event that we could each do our own thing if we needed to but we didn't need to i mean we were stuck like glue yeah, yeah. it was, was i mean cool. it was it was awesome so we <laughs> we ended up taking like a group photo with a cane hotter who is the guy who has played jason in the friday the 13th movies more than anybody else yeah. awesome photo and you know of course then we shared the story like he you know kind of wanted to to know like why this huge group of people was taking a photo with him and so he thought the story was really cool and i have seen him at subsequent events and he remembers the stories like hey how's it going how's it going with your adventure out there so it's just i mean it's just it's one of those he's a real nice guy too one of those one of the cool touchstones of of this and so after we got back because you know i i go to as many horror conventions as i can i don't even remember which one this was but it was back in california and everything was still so fresh so it's like i'm telling everybody the story about he's how great we, at telling how stories, we met so. you know the kendall's birth family and so and i was at this one by myself but there was another guy cj graham who also played jason in friday the 13th movies 
And uh, so I'm telling him the story for whatever reason, because I'm telling everybody. And he's just like, whoa, wow. He's like, well, what's what's her number? I want to call her. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, OK, I'm like, well, it's, you know, it's three hours time difference. But uh, it's well, like, well, it like, like 1 a.m. Yeah, yeah, like, my time, yeah, I think. Right? Like, well, let's see what happens. So he called and, you know, Monica didn't answer, but he left this awesome voicemail message, which we will play right now. Hey, Monica, I'm sitting here hanging out with Corey. My name is CJ Graham. I'm Jason in Friday the 13th, part six. I understand you and Gage are huge horror fans. So he's in front of me scoring points, getting you an autographed hockey mask. So I just want to let you know it's in route. We didn't expect you to answer the phone. It's about one o'clock in the morning there, but you'll have this message forever. Again, it's Jason, Friday the 13th, part six, and I killed 18 people in the movie. You don't want to be 19. All right. <laughs> Bye. That was the best. That was the best ending. I was yeah. like, I literally, I think I cried. I thought it was so sweet that Corey thought to do that. And yeah. well, it's, you know, I, I could go on and on and on about the horror community because I started going to like comic book conventions when I was a teenager and, and they're fun. But when I actually started going to like just the horror conventions, it's like, these are my people. These are like mm-hmm. awesome people. It's like, they're not, you know, I mean, we're all a little freaky, but just so nice, so polite. You know, yeah, people that aren't into the horror stuff think that we're all a bunch of weirdos right. and yeah. like think there's like there's something got to be wrong with uh-huh. us. But we're all pretty great people in that community. And I wish I could go to as many conventions as you. I, I mean, granted, Halloween is more my thing than horror. We'll get there. But yeah, I mean, they are. I, I met a ton of great people in the ones I've gone with you. Right, yeah. right. We'll talk a little bit about why you love Halloween so much. I loved Halloween as a kid. We lived in a great neighborhood where, you know, there was one house every year that actually would, I th- if I remember correctly, they would actually empty their furniture out and turn the downstairs into a walkthrough haunted house. And of course, it's nothing compared to my awesome stuff. But but that was like my first taste of loving Halloween. And and it's funny because in second and third grade, the school I went to every year, second and third graders had to write a book and make a paperback cover and, and act like you were an actual author. And I still have one of the books and it's literally, you could tell I was going to be into either I was going to be a sociopathic killer or (laughs) I was going to be into stuff like horror because in second or third grade, whichever year it was, I wrote the book. It was like six pages, one sentence each page. And it was like, I went home and nobody was there. And the next page is like, I heard a scream upstairs. And and the next page is, I found my whole family dead. I mean, this was like second and third grade. And I was like, my parents must have been like terrified that there's something really wrong with my daughter. And I'm guessing it was probably Halloween that started getting me into that stuff, I would assume. Or maybe I was just really twisted and we didn't know that. You would have been red flagged immediately. I know, DCYF. (laughs) would have been like what did you do to your child and so that's where it all started but I'm gonna say when Gage was oh god I'm gonna say seven or eight I went and bought my first animatronic and she is uh, we call her Isabel I actually think Gage called her Isabel even though he hated her and what hated me deeply for the love of Halloween from that moment on and it, it grew deeper and deeper every year and she is a creepy rising doll from spirit Halloween that like rises she's like hello in a doll voice you want to come play with me and then as the kids go closer because she's scary look at a great voice to pull you in and then all of a sudden she's like 
I love taste of children. And she rises to seven feet tall. And from that moment on, I was like, I'm going to start building a haunted attraction at my house. I'm broke. I'm a single mom and I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm very creative. And I started slowly buying PCV um, pipes and fittings and went from the first year I had it along the side of my house. I used two by fours, dug holes and stapled backdrops along the inside and had my Isabel scaring the crap out of people. And I, heard children screaming and I was like, ah, I love this. This is awesome. And, and every year from that point on, I had also, everybody loved it. It was like, oh, this is awesome. And that was so small. And I built a lot of it by hand. I draw. So I did a lot of drawings. I bought, you know, a couple things, strobe lights, fog machine, stuff like that. But it was, and that's where it started. And every year since I've started, I think it's been six or seven years now, Every year, the determination is it's going to be bigger and better than last. I last year, the pandemic really messed things up. And every other year, the weather has really messed with me. The last time I did it, actually, Corey came and dressed up as Jason for me and was my first ever live act. I was a little bit bummed out. It's the first time I ever did it in my backyard. And most people were used to seeing it in my front yard. Kendall was in the front. He was supposed to be directing people in the back, but he started getting into conversations, I think, a little more than remembering to point people to the backyard because I usually get about 500 people a year that come through it. And these are just trick-or-treaters. I don't charge. I don't expect anything. I know a lot of people do it and they expect donations at least to help cover costs. And right. I am one of those people I don't feel like I should, even though I should, because I really can't afford to spend the money I spend. I now have seven animatronics. I have so many different types of lighting and special effects. And now the last one was 25 feet by 40 foot, six halls, you know, one hallway was the haunted mansion. The next was the insane asylum. And, and I am pretty obsessed with, I, I love horror. Don't get me wrong. Freddy Krueger was my first love of horror movies when I was a teenager and, and watched them all then. But Halloween is my jam. So. <laughs> yeah, we love it. Well, you know, Halloween is also called gay Christmas. You know? Oh, yes, <laughs> yeah, yes, so. of course. But yeah, I mean, it's love trick-or-treating as a kid. And then we had some pretty legendary Halloween parties in, in college. Mm. My roommate, Matt, one year, like every door, every like bedroom door had like a mirror, like screwed into it or whatever. So he went and borrowed like our whole, he was an RA. So he went and borrowed the whole building's mirrors. So we just hung mirrors throughout the, so there was like reflective surfaces awesome. everywhere. And we had like a body in the bathtub with dry ice. And, yeah. You know, it's just, it's crazy. So the, cause the first year we had, it was our freshman year and some friend of his showed up with a couple of guys, not in costume and they stole a bunch of our CD, which she got back. But we yeah. said, so we said, okay, next year we have a party costume required because then you will know mm. if that we've invited you. <laughs> right. Here. So, right. Especially in college. <laughs> yes. And people got really into the costumes and stuff mm. too. So I'll see if I can dig up a couple of those pictures to, to share on social media. I'd love to see that. Yeah. It's like, we've just, you know, Kendall and I's first Halloween together. We really got into there. So there was a midnight screening of Rocky Horror Picture Show and we went full on. And it was cold that night. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. As you know, as Kendall's in a corset and oh, <laughs> fishnets and everything. But yeah, we totally, totally got into that. And I was I did uh, meatloaf. Nice. So yeah, it's just I mean, Halloween has been been huge for us mm -hmm. in our relationship. 
and yeah and horror movies too i mean i don't think a week goes by that we don't watch at least one horror movie if not five right <laughs> so i also learned that i'm really really good at face paint yes i my own i'm i've only done gauges a couple times but i have been offered jobs at fright kingdom in nashua to do but I don't trust that my OCD, I'm mm. such a perfectionist that it takes me three to four hours to do my own face. And that's because I'm like, fix this, erase it, right. fix this, wash it off, fix this. And I'm like, I would love nothing more to do that. But I don't trust that it won't take me 10 hours to right. do one face by the right. time I'm done. But yeah, I didn't know I could do it. I'm not great at my regular daily makeup. So uh, I was a little shocked at how amazing I just went on YouTube and started doing tutorials and taught myself and I got some pretty intense faces. Yeah, I mean, she is not joking. Monica doesn't know this yet, but we have a new photo in our hallway hanging at home and it's actually of one of the images of when you had done your own face oh, painting. Really? Yeah, it's really awesome. And it's great. Which one was it the clown or it's, like it's the green and orange? Oh, um, really? Yeah. Okay. That's one of my least favorite actually. Yeah. Well it it's still, I mean, she's being pretty modest. She's very she is a wonderful artist and <laughs> has done some really cool art for us, individual pieces and that we have framed and we love. Mm-hmm. I just Oh, the chivies. Yeah. Yep. I really want to try to see if I could draw some more horror chivies and um, try to just rent a little space on someone's table just mm-hmm. to see how they do at a convention. But I'm so worried to put money into it and not be successful. But Every time we go to a horror convention, I'm like, God, there's so much artwork and a lot of it's very similar, but I've never seen horror chibis drawn. And I'm not sure if everybody knows what chibis are, but they're like those drawings of the big headed little characters with the smaller body. And I drew Corey for one. Of, it was Christmas, right? Was it Christmas gift? I had drawn, drawn him the Pennywise, Jason, Freddy Krueger. And Michael Myers. And Michael Myers chibis. And and I loved, I do will say I loved the backgrounds I decided to do with them. And then I was like, oh, if I if I can make money on this, I can they can special order what type of draw backgrounds they right. want on it, stuff like that, or do prints. I really want to leap into it, but I'm terrified that if it doesn't pick up, it's not I mean, because it costs a lot of money to get a spot at a convention and stuff. So then I'm like, maybe Ipsy try that. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. I haven't drawn in a long time. I really haven't. I and oh and I did Chucky and I made the three D three dimensional box. That's right. Yeah, Yeah. the Chucky was my favorite and I was I was I was tempted to take it with me to a convention last year because a bunch of the Chucky people were going to be there. Actually, the guy who voices Chucky was there. But I'm like, I just I'm scared to like walk around with it because I don't want anything plus, to happen to Plus, it. I was so broke when I drew those that like I put that together with just like scraps of like old arts and crafts stuff that I'm terrified that it might get smushed and like right, yeah, so I and didn't I didn't take it with me but yeah I forgot about that one that one was that was like a spur of the moment thing too I'm like how can I make it look like he's in his good boy it is his his good bo- box good guy yeah. box and I'm like all right and it actually came off really good I was, yeah. so I was pretty psyched because we're into horror I just I think everybody should be into horror so <laughs> it's kind of funny when uh Monica told us that Gage was not happy about the fact that she does the, oh, no. does the haunted stuff yeah. and the animatronics. And I don't and he hadn't really watched any scary movies up until, you know, we started hanging out. And so once I got the 
approval from Monica to introduce Cage to horror movies. Well, I was also worried of like he did have nightmares and, and get scared of stuff a lot when he was younger and he had a huge imagination. And I know I grew up with a huge imagination and the things my imagination created for me sometimes were terrifying. So I was like, I held off on the whole mm-hmm. horror movie and I actually handed the the, thro- the the torch to Corey and allowed him to break my son into the horror movie world. And I didn't ease him into it. We started off, <laughs> we started off with a, a nightmare on Elm Street. So yeah. Freddy Krueger, I mean, you know, you'd, you got to go big or go home. Which, movies, which so. was my first horror movie was was Nightmare on Elm Street. So, yeah. That was really cool. And now uh, I'm going to say he hasn't reached our level yet, but we can get him there. But more, yeah, more open to it for sure. So, yeah. yeah. Well, he's going to be spending time with you guys soon. So I'm sure you have things lined up in your oh, head already. There's, there's <laughs> so many horror movies. But yeah, so then at another convention, I'd already met Robert England, who plays Freddy a few times and interviewed him back when I was uh, in St. Louis. But I was like, oh, man, got to got to get gauge a freddy autograph because that was his first horror movie and so this artist was selling like this kind of 3d art that was like looks like 8-bit like video games like nintendo or whatever and they had an 8-bit freddy so so yeah i had robert england sign that for him and uh, i i think i've got like a little video or something of him doing that that i'll put up on social i will say this that the mask the the hockey mask that you got yeah, I have what two f- that you got autographed for me, plus Linda Blair Exorcist autograph. He is named Gage is named after the little boy in Pet Cemetery movie. When I was twelve years old or thirteen, when that Pet Cemetery first Pet Cemetery came out, and the little boy, I heard the name Gage. I I instantly was like, my first son is going to be named Gage. Corey had gone and got us a picture of the little boy Gage from the original movie and had the actor sign it for me, which was so awesome because <laughs> you know. you never think that 20 years later after you found the movie you're gonna name your child after that doesn't exist at all for the next 15 20 years and stick with it that eventually that man will grow up and sign the picture of the little boy with his scalpel in his hand (laughs) mommy wanna play (laughs) (laughs) it is it's kind of just bizarre how like things come full circle you know yeah because you know i don't know too many people that are into horror especially not people that are into horror and halloween like we are right. so that's been like certainly one of the highlights I think. my mom's yeah. hoping i will grow out of my phase <laughs> at 45 years old she actually even said it the other day and i was talking about getting ready to start building my halloween stuff she's like monica it's me i'm like yep <laughs> your point is what and she's like maybe you'll move on to better things i'm like there's nothing better than Halloween. And I can't even believe you just said that to me. <laughs> I mean, I, I see people in their 70s and 80s at these horror cons in New Jersey that are like really into it. So I know I'll never grow out of it. The parents love my hall. It's called the Hall of Horrors. That's the name of my haunted attraction. I have just as many adults as children. And when the years have happened where the wind's been just too much and I haven't been able, this is where the the downfall of have not having enough of a budget to work with that comes in because I can't build it strong enough for the New England winds in October. That's why I want to petition for a like a halfway to Halloween holiday. Mm-hmm. One, so adults could go trick or treating. Did you see kids pass Nashua Fright Kingdom is doing just an event last week? Oh, they did? Halfway to Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. I think that should be like a 
a yeah. nationwide thing. It is so fun to go to one of these haunted attractions with somebody who is truly terrified. I know <laughs> it is. And I mean, I'm not talking just children like grown adults. We are a little twisted because we do get joy watching those people <laughs> so terrified. It's like when um, back when I was working for the newspaper in St. Louis, like St. Louis had some has some really awesome haunted houses. And so, and actually, I in- and a Halloween convention. Yes, mm-hmm. and so I interned for a company that did the promotion for some of these haunted houses. So I would like have to take people like on tours and stuff. Now it is pretty creepy knowing that you're the only one in the building at the time, and you got to walk all the way. There's no oh, yeah. like, there's no like you know shortcut or whatever. You got to walk all the way through it by yourself. Don't get me wrong. As much as I love this stuff, I still get the crap scared out of me very, very easily. And, you know, I'm always waiting for a jump scare to happen in my house when I know there's nothing going to come at me. My my imagination has not died down yet at all. It's still there. But, yeah, I it's I, I would have loved to have that kind of experience. And I it, my dream is that I will eventually have my own home where I can do something where I can start building something that stays permanent and with the strength to withhold the wind. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll definitely, we'll definitely be checking back in on the the progress. And I'm going to be putting you to work as a, (laughs) as a, as a live act again. Oh yeah. uh, I would love to do some, some freaky makeup. Oh yeah. That would be a lot of fun. You you mean for Monica to do your makeup? <laughs> well, if I did my own, it would definitely be freaky. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I don't know how good this is gonna look. Nah, it could be a little scary. Own. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for joining us. Today. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It has been very fun, and I'm I'm glad I found my brother. And I, you know, I, my brother-in-law, uh, you know, it, just like you, you didn't have a lot of people into the horror in your direct life. And it's always nice to share a, a common passion. I might say obsession for me a little bit with Halloween, but I am so grateful to have you. And I'm going to cry now because I wish I had you growing up. And I'm just glad I have you now. This is the Family Twist podcast hosted by Kendall and Corey Stulse with original music by Cosmic Afterthoughts and produced by Outpost Productions and presented by Savoir Fair Marketing Communications. Have a story you want to share? Visit familytwistpodcast.com. All our social media links are there as well. 